everybody. Thank you for letting us come into your space today so we can experience church together. Yeah, and I'm going to actually be doing the sermon today, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yes. Hey, if you are joining us at one of our premieres on Facebook or YouTube, we have people here that want to connect with you. Uh, this week we have Mariana and uh, Pastor Michael are going to be there, and uh, they would love to chat with you during this time. All right, so, Jenny, i got to ask you something. Okay. Because, so, <laughs> I actually have had these, like, um, these bad, like, brain hurting yes. uh, things I was telling you yeah. about, like my head Migraines, hurts I think all the that's time. What they're and I think it's um, because of the quantity of t television <laughs> that, that I've been seeing because of the, the, the whole COVID, COVID. thing. Mm -hmm. I uh, have been doing a ton of television. For, for, for instance, something I did was, uh, so I began back uh, for s the first season of Survivor. Oh. And I'm on season 14 right now. <laughs> That's 140 <laughs> hours of Survivor. Ours is, yeah. I mean, Your head could hurt. <laughs> yeah. so, I, uh, so is there a show that... Mm you during this time have been like just pounding well recently it's been the home edit on netflix it's an organizational it's a it's that sounds a, terrible it's a chick thing or maybe maybe i don't know no, that sounds really bad <laughs> the home edit they organize by color it's it's gratifying <laughs> okay that sounds weird um something else that i've been like big into mm -hmm. but it's like horrible but, but it's been super good <laughs> Okay, anyway, it's horrible, but it's super good. Okay. It's like bad acting. Oh, okay. But I think, like, the overall, like, plot has been been awesome. It's been uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, um, it's, I haven't watched that. Yeah, it's, it's, co it's called Cobra Kai, and um, it's, it's based from the Karate Kid. Yes! <laughs> it's, it's based from the Karate Kid, and the, yes. the, the Karate Kid grows up and okay. the people from Cobra Kai grow up. And so it's this whole show about, about that type of thing. And the brilliance of Cobra Kai is that it's, it's really painful because the Karate Kid who was taught, taught by his sensei all these practices, he grows up and begins a dojo and he teaches the same practices and as Mr. Miyagi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He teaches the same, <laughs> yeah. the same practices as him, but it's like he, but he isn't his sensei. He is his, him, himself, right. right? And he doesn't have the heart of his sensei. And so he's teaching these pr practices, but his practices are terrible because they're not connected to the heart. Mm. And it's, it's kind of almost like this painful show um, because it's the practice apart from the heart. It's the action apart from the thing that inspired the action. It's the symbol that doesn't have any purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of almost like the Karate Kid becomes the bad guy. What? And no, like really, <laughs> it's, it's <good>. fascinating. <laughs> and it's been uh, like, especially during our time, um, this whole like time of like Quarantine. COVID and the politics that are happening and the chaos and it it feels as if the same thing um, as far as Cobra Kai and 
Daniel and the Karate Kid and senseis and these things have begun to bubble up and the heart has been forgotten. Mm. And it's been really, really painful. And so today's time, uh, today's sermon is kind of inspired uh, by like capturing the heart and going back to the heart of things because I'm tired of the empty practices. Mm. I'm tired of the empty posturing um, because I feel like People are dying to see the heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, leading into your teaching today, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture that we have. And if you were at a place um, where you can just close your eyes, I would love just to read this over you. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs those evildoers, those mutilators of flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Oh God, we thank you for the places that you have prepared for us. Thank you for encountering us here. Thank you for the inspiration that you bring and the stories that you are telling. Thank you for being in our homes, in our cars, at our jobs, in all of the spaces that you are now. Uh, please speak to us. In Christ I pray. All right, so well, from the beginning, I have to say how Paul begins this passage is pretty fun. Um, he, he begins by telling his people, rejoice in the Lord, like right off the bat, before he gets into anything else. And, you know, the thing he's going to get into is a pretty, um, pretty dense, heavy, authentic, transparent passage. And he just very calmly says, guys, rejoice in the Lord. And, and he, he kind of comes back to it and says, I'm happy to say this over and over and over again, because it's easy to forget. Rejoice in the Lord. See the good things that he's done. Celebrate what God is doing. In the places that you are at this point, the things that you have experienced, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of bad things because bad things happen to everybody. I'm sure there's painful things. I'm sure there's been, been chaos. I'm sure there's been darkness. I'm sure there's been an uphill battle. But I'm going to invite you into a place and just going to hit the, the timeout button on the hardships, on the chaos, on the darkness and say, what is there 
that Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. If, if there was something you could close the eyes and think, man, this is what God is doing. This is what God has done. This is the promise of God that he has g- given me. Rejoice in the Lord. And that's how Paul begins this passage. And he talks about something that follows that, that could be a hindrance as far as the offering the praise to God. Like there's this barrier that could happen and it's a perspective barrier. And today is all about perspective. It's like the Cobra Kai thing that I I was just talking about. It's like those times that people forget about the heart, um, that they forget about the soul and their perspective shifts to something else. So if you have your Bibles open to the passage, I'm going to invite you um, to check out that second part of the passage. It's it's verse 2. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. So, so it seems like from the beginning, Paul is teaching this passage and this passage is all about the heartbeat. It's like the truth of the gospel. Like it's like him coming home and sharing what is most personal to him. And he begins by saying, rejoice in the Lord. And then like he does this total spiral out of it and he says, watch out for those dogs, the evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. And it's just like, Paul, you are confusing. It's, and it is. Um, but he's talking to a specific people who, who are being judged by a specific people. So I have this bug that's flying around that's going to drive me crazy all day, just so you know. Anyway, um, so he's talking to these people people who have put their trust in Christ, who, who have said, man, I'm in, I am sold out. I am praising Jesus. And then there are the Hebrew people. There are the people who are God's chosen because they believe they have circumcised themselves. So the things that they have done to their body, circumcision is this practice from the Old Testament that the Hebrew people did to separate themselves from the Gentile people to say, I am God's chosen. Uh, So they cut their bodies as a symbol. So, so, so circumcision to the Hebrew people, it's a symbol of acceptance. It's a symbol to say, I am God's. It's this, this acceptability journey. And in the Old Testament c- culture, the, those who have been circumcised had been God's children, and those who aren't circumcised had been apart from God. And there was a chasm in between the two. So during the time that the followers of Christ began to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus, there was a huge question of, do they have to be circumcised? Um, So if they become a part of God's children, do they have to get the symbol? Like, Like, does the action have to happen for them to be acceptable? Because to the Jewish 
people being acceptable, to be presentable, to, uh, the, the question is constantly, tell me the things I have to do to be acceptable to God. And then it became this badge of honor. What do I need to do? The family I'm born into, the, the types of things I can and can't do. And then the act of circumcision kind of bound it all together. And it caused this, this posture of, of, of people who have puffed out chests, like they're, they're proud of themselves. It's a symbol of pride. So here's Paul, who is... He is like the king of Pharisees, the king of perfection. And I, I talk about Pharisees as not a bad thing. In fact, like the Pharisees are incredible. They are people who have, have kind of sold out for, to champion the things that God is doing to protect God's people. They have sold themselves to the temple, to the Torah, and, and they are sold out for who they believe God is. And Paul is like the king of Pharisees. He's done everything correct. And he's talking uh, to the church of Philippi saying, hey, from the place I am and from the place that I stand here, first, rejoice in all the things that God is doing. During this time of chaos, darkness, and challenge, and fire, rejoice. He is doing incredible things. And then second, man, be really careful of those dogs out there, those people who say you have to be circumcised. That was a big, big thing for Paul to say, to draw this separation between the children of God, like those who actually celebrate what Jesus is doing and seeing the heart and those who are circumcised. Because circumcision became the symbol of acceptance. Now, here's the thing. Um, I typically try to put Put all things in context. I try to think, you know, how does this apply today? How does this, this speak to our culture today and the things that, that God is doing or what God is saying? And, and there aren't a bunch of people out there who are proud of being circumcised. Um, but, but, but there are a ton of things out there and there are a ton of people out there who are doing things that are symbols that they believe cause them to be acceptable to God. There are a ton of things and a ton of people out there who believe things that they are doing similar to circumcision gives them pride and, and causes them to be acceptable to God. And I say that from a posture of we all have those things that cause us to feel better off than other people and closer to God than other people, more acceptable to God than other people. It's very similar to this idea of circumcision, something that I've done, something I am doing that, that presents who I am as an, an, as an acceptable person, as an acceptable child of God. Now, there's a danger in this. The big danger is it's false, <laughs> okay? It's just a lie, 
because there is nothing that you can do that's gonna cause you to be acceptable to God. But think culturally, think about this culturally in all the things that are happening today that people are doing or saying or affirming or fighting against or posting that each time you click it or post it or give it the thumbs up or say it that gives you this sense of pride that says, I'm a Christian. Think about the things that you are, are doing that affirms your Christian status or the acceptance that you believe that God is glancing down and going, yes. Here's the thing. If those are the things you participate in, if it is about you doing things that God gives you the, the, the thumbs up or God is pointing down at you or if you are doing things similar to the act of circumcision and pointing to the things that you are doing to gain acceptance to God, that is bypassing the whole heartbeat of the gospel, which simply is Jesus is done it. Jesus is the focal point. Rejoice in the Lord for what he has done. Anything that you are doing that points back to you and then to God, but back to you, then back to God, could possibly be in danger of forgetting the whole heartbeat of the gospel. It's the karate kid who grows up and teaches the practices, but has forgotten the heart of everything. The heart of everything is Jesus has done it. After Paul goes into this posture of like, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And it's like, yes. And he's like, be careful of those who point to their circumcisions because that is not the point. Then he goes on to say, but it is we who are the circumcision. This is the crux possibly of the passage that gets passed over. See, there are these people who are circumcised. They embrace the act. They point to the act. You have to do this. You have to do this. They are circumcised. I'm talking poetry here. The, the symbol that circumcision is, it's something that someone does to gain acceptance to God. But then Paul says, but we are the circumcision. He takes the act and says, but you are the action. We are the embodiment of the symbol. You see, it's not something anymore that you do. It's something that you become. Before it was this idea of God was something that happened to people. It was, here's what you do for it to happen to you. Here's how you, you cut your bodies to symbolize you are a child of God. But now it's, it, it, it's, this is the actual being. You are it. You are the symbol. The symbol is not being done to you. You are it. We are it. You are the circumcision. And this is incredible 
because it's saying you are the heart. We are the heart. And the heart just isn't the action, the, the empty posturing and practices. It's the actual beating, living thing. Paul is brilliant and he says, do not put your confidence in the flesh. Do not put your confidence in the things that you do, but put your confidence in the things that Jesus has done. Put your confidence in who Jesus is. Because as long as you point back to the things that you are doing, it's never enough. As long as you point back to yourself, it's never enough. But sitting with Jesus is always more than enough. And Paul says, do not put your confidence in the flesh. Do not put confidence in the things that you have done, but put your confidence in your boasting and your confidence in Jesus. The passage continues on to being like this idea, like Paul goes down and says, but if there ever is anyone who could brag about the things they've done, the accomplishments that they have, if there's anyone who is like the king of senseis, it's me. And he goes down his pedigree of who he is as a Pharisee. I was circumcised on the eighth day, born in the tribe of Benjamin. Like he's talking about um, how his family brought him up, the family that was written, his sinlessness, his, I mean, like, like he is incredible. He's saying you will never top the, the quality of caliber that I am as a Pharisee. I'm the best of the best of the best. If the both of us got in a fight, I will win every single time. I think that's important. His pedigree is important and how he talks about who he is as important because there have been, especially in the Hebrew culture, everyone's trying to be Paul. Everyone's trying to be as how the Pharisees are. They're trying to, to follow this code of conduct. They're trying to do it all correct because their confidence had been in the things that they did and the things they posted and the things that they clicked on and the postures and the beliefs and the, all these things have to be correct to be acceptable to God. And Paul's saying, wait a second, I, I did all that right. I did all that right. This is who I am. And so to go back, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And he's coming from this posture, right? Here's this, this king Pharisee, the guy who has done it all correct. And he's like, before we do anything else, rejoice in God because he is doing incredible things. And then he says, be careful. <laughs> be careful of the people who say, here's the things you need to do, believe, post, click, posturing, politics, all this jazz. And then he says, Put your confidence in who Jesus is. This is our heartbeat. We are the circumcision. And then he says, but I know, I know it's hard to believe, but if there's anyone out there who could say, I've done it all correct, it's me and I'll prove it, right? And so he spells it out. I can prove I am awesome. He gets down to the end of his pedigree and it's like this spiral thing that comes out saying here's all the things that I've done and then he says and everything on here is garbage it is garbage there is something about 
calling the thing that everyone is trying to be and, and to, uh, to absorb and calling it garbage. It's, there's something about Paul who's at the top of his everything and saying, everything that I've done has not brought me any bit closer. It has not gained me any acceptance towards God at all. It was pointless. In fact, it brought me the other direction. It was loss. Paul pulled out his whole pedigree of the things that were created for him. And if he achieved all these things, he was then acceptable to God from his perspective. And he calls it garbage because none of these things in the eyes of the gospel brought him closer or, or more acceptable to God. And he called it garbage. In fact, um, sometimes there are those people who, who, who cuss or like they added like benefit of it to kind of like, like pack, pack the punch to, to hit at home. And they say something they typically should not say. And, and Paul does that here. The term garbage that he calls his pedigree in Greek is a bad word. And he's doing it to just say, I want to hit this home. This is garbage, but it's not garbage. You can fill in the blank. And Paul says that just to hit at home. This was pointless. He moves on because at this point, from his posture of garbage to everything that he is, he's like, but Jesus, I boast in Jesus. I boast in what he has done. I put all of my confidence in the gospel because to know him, that is what moves me forward. To know him is what moves me forward, what moves me closer to God. What brings me acceptance is knowing Jesus. It's like Paul has spent his entire existence doing all the right things, clicking all the right buttons, voting how people are telling him to vote. And he's like, this has not brought me any acceptance at all. In fact, the only thing that brings me any benefit at all is just pointing at Jesus and saying, I'm with him. This is all we've got. Paul is trying to bring this heartbeat back of why we do what we do. And everything you and I do in the church is done because Jesus is right by our side. Every practice, every prayer, every serving opportunity, Jesus is right by our side. And if he is not by our side, it's garbage. It's pointless. It's loss. But every second that you and I spend and have Jesus by our side, that is our gain. And this is our joy. And this is what you and I rejoice in. Something I've been thinking about a ton is this idea, this idea of the gospel that says, so I'm going to accept Jesus and I'm going to follow Jesus, then I'm going to do everything I think Jesus is going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to copy the actions of Jesus. I'm going to try to be perfect. It's the whole WWJD thing, you know? 
trying to do all the things that Jesus does. And I, I, man, I can't help but to think of like Cobra Kai again, right? Like bringing this all back. It's, I can practice the things that Jesus did. I can do all the things that Jesus did did, but it can still be empty. The karate kid can grow up and do all the things that his sensei taught him, but if he doesn't have the, the heart and, and the perspective and the, 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 how his sensei thought, then it's just a bad television show that's painful to see. And sometimes that's all it is for us. It's a bad TV show. The heart of the gospel is the heart of the gospel. And it's the heart of the gospel. <laughs> and that's what today is all about. This is the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of the gospel. And that's the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. He came and he was perfect and he died, but death could not hold him. He died as a perfect sacrifice and then he came back from the dead so that I can do the same thing. That the sins I have are forgiven and he dwells inside of me. And as he dwells inside of me, my heart is being transformed. The heart of the gospel is the heart of the gospel. My heart is being transformed. The actions I have, I can pretend to do anything, but my heart, my heart is my heart is not my heart anymore. And this is the place that Paul is going. Here's the perspective that you have to celebrate and rejoice in when your heart is being transformed into his heart. When it beats the same cadence our heart beats the human heartbeat, but then he comes in and gives us a different cadence. And when our heart begins to beat the same cadence as Jesus's heart, when our heart begins to get sad at the things that his heart gets sad at, or angry when his heart gets angry, or, or joyful, or rejoicing, or sorrow, or compassion, when you beat the same heartbeat as Christ. This is the heart of the gospel. There's this union that is beginning to take place because our actions are connected to our hearts. The world is dying for actions that are connected to the heartbeat of God. They are dying to see, especially today, the heartbeat of God fully alive today through the church, through God's children. I also believe you and I are dying for God's heartbeat to beat inside of our chest. We are tired of the empty actions. We are tired of being proud of our circumcisions. We are tired of being the circumcised and we, we have these symbols that say, I'm doing all the right things. At this time, this idea of, but you are the circumcision. You are the symbol. You bear the heart of Jesus. You hold his compassion. You see his perspective. 
Because a heartbeat is directly tied to perspective. And if you saw everyone through the perspective of Jesus, how would you view them? How would you view all the things that are happening today? How do you see other people? How do you experience the chaos? How do you experience the fear? And how do you experience God himself? If you are the circumcision, if this is who we are, rejoice in what God is doing. May you count all the things that you have done to prove yourself acceptable as pure garbage. And if you haven't done anything, don't bother because it's pure garbage. But may you rest in the identity, the purpose, the calling, the sacrifice of Jesus. And may you embody his heart and may you beat the same cadence, find the same joys, the same passions, and gain the perspectives that he gives. Because when you have the perspective of Jesus, it brings you before God, and you proclaim, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it over and over, rejoice, because there's nothing better to do. I'm gonna pray for us and for our time together. There's a song that's gonna to begin to play. I'm gonna invite you to sit in it, to feel it, and to give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to sing to your soul. Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing in this space, in this holy space, in this holy time. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is moving and doing incredible things. Show us the things that are not important and give us the courage to open up our hands and let them go. Show us the things that have become a barrier to giving ourselves fully to you. Give us the courage to let them go. Jesus, thank you for seeing us, loving us, pursuing us, forgiving us, fighting for us, and creating a place for us to sit down. Show us the things that have not been seen before. Jesus, we love you.